blanket and some sunblock. It's time for lying on the beach on camera. Lowest state. Welcome to another edition of Lying on the Beach. I'm Steve Greenberg with Lois Whitman Hess. And our extra special guest today is Stephanie Slade. She is a homeschool mom of two, ages five and eight. This is her fourth year homeschooling. She helps run a large homeschooling group called Bridgeway Homeschool that supports about 750 kids. She's currently planning a Northern California homeschool convention that will take place in Rockland, California this summer. And because we're talking about homeschooling, I've got to say I came from a public school background. And I have to say most of us people who came from the, uh, who are outside of the homeschool world, we think of homeschool is for, I have to say, religious extremists, parents who want to indoctrinate their children in a very narrow view of the world. And I'm assuming we're wrong. Stephanie, help set me straight on what is homeschooling all about. And again, I, I think you really are going with a lot of folks who have a, a strong prejudice against the concept of homeschooling. So what are your thoughts? I would say maybe 30 years ago, that was maybe the typical kind of homeschooler, the homeschooler that stayed home, didn't have a lot of social interaction. Um, parents did want to maybe shelter their kids from things of our world. Um, but I would say that's not the typical homeschooler today. Most homeschoolers are really engaged in the community. Most homeschoolers have a lot of opportunity to take extracurricular classes that they wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to do if they were in public school. Um, yes, you are right that families, there are many families that are um, faith-based that wanna be able to teach faith to their kids and they don't necessarily get that opportunity as deeply when their kids are in public school. Um, but would I say that that's the, the all-encompassing reason why people are homeschooling? I would say not. I would say a lot of it comes down to freedom as far as what you're teaching your kids. So curriculum choices. When you're in public school, it's, it's a one-size-fits-all. And if you fall out of that one-size-fits-all, essentially, you're kind of left behind. There's not really anybody bringing you up to speed. And if they're, if they're there is, you know, it's probably not the best fit of curriculum for you. And so you get a lot of opportunity to pick curriculum. I mean, there's hundreds. And when I say hundreds, like so many curriculum companies out there, whether that be a religious curriculum or a non-religious curriculum, um, there's both. And then you get a lot of freedom in your homeschool day. I mean, that's one of the beauties is that public school, you're, you're in a desk, you know, for hours of, uh, along the day and essentially you don't have that in, in a homeschool environment you're doing school you know probably max four hours a day and that's in high school you know when you're in the elementary years you can get all I mean my girls are in elementary my girls are done with all their stuff in about an hour and a half and so mind you that's kind of broken up throughout the day but they get so much more opportunity to be kids and to play and that's one thing if you look at the research they, they talk about is that kids don't have enough outside time in today's environment. Um, and so this gives them the opportunity to really be kids, to be outside, to play in the mud, to get dirty, um, to really 
be in their environment and, and learn what is true and beautiful and good, um, which at times when you're in a public school, you're not getting those things. And one thing I always like to ask people, because this is a great question, is when in our life as adults do we interact only with people our age? Never, right? We never, I'm not just associating with people that are my age. I'm 36 or almost 36. So I'm not, you know, just only with 36 year olds. I'm talking with people that are in their fifties, in their seventies, people in their twenties. You're really interacting with all different ages. And when you're in public school, you don't really get that. And so you see a lot of times public school kids maybe are nervous to talk to adults, um, or they won't make, they'll talk to you, but they won't really make eye contact with you. It's completely different in the public school setting where, or excuse me, in the homeschool setting, these kids are very confident and, and are very comfortable talking to adults because that's part of their daily world. They're out in the community. They help with budgeting, with grocery shopping, all of these things that, you know, a public school child necessarily, maybe they help a little bit with, but not on the regular basis. That was a long. So, no, so Stephanie, <laughs> answer to your short question. Stephanie, I want to ask you: Before you knew all this, what was the reason why you decided to homeschool your girls? For me, it, it really was the freedom of of picking the curriculum. My my oldest is really bright, um, and she got into a couple of really great. Um, public but charter schools and when I had reached out with them before she was starting kindergarten like hey she's already starting to read she already knows you know a lot of her math facts you know what kind of things are you guys going to do to challenge her and they didn't really have an answer for me they didn't really have anything to tell me that how they were going to challenge her they and that like off the bat was a little bit of a concern for me. And so, you know, my husband and I talked about it. I come from um, a private school and public school background. And as much as I didn't think I was wanting to homeschool, I said, let's just try it. Let's just try one year and see how it goes. And that's what we did. And here we are four years later. I'd have to say that, I mean, I had a little, little red flag that came up when, when you said that you know, they can finish their schooling for the day in about an hour and a half. And I, I guess I'm thinking, isn't there a lot missing then? Because, you know, I went to school a solid day every day for my entire childhood and, and, and beyond. And, you know, that was all jam-packed with stuff I needed to learn, whether it was, you know, Shakespeare or typing or reading or math or whatnot. All that happened in school. If you're only getting an hour and a half, maybe they're getting shortchanged on some education. I would say it depends on the age. Obviously in high school and in older grades, you're taking on much more of a, a heavier load. Your, your class schedule is gonna be more difficult, more time consuming. Um, but in the elementary ages, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, you're really focused on math, language arts, writing. You're starting history, but your history is, you're not going as in depth, right? Because their, their brain capacity in there uh, to, to take that all in it kind of just goes out the window, right? Charlotte Mason, who is a huge proponent for homeschooling, but actually the, the public school system really started after her teaching. She's a European um, homeschooler and teacher. And she says that kids' lessons should be no more than 20 minutes long. 
And the public school system originally implemented that short lessons throughout the day. They moved away from that. And, and you know, why? I'm not sure. But so I really try and keep my lessons 20 minutes, you know, at you got to think about it at eight years old. What's your you know attention span as an eight year old? Probably about 15, 20 minutes in each subject. And if you're going beyond that, maybe you're starting to get a child that's really fidgety, really wanting to just check out. And, and you see that in the public school when you're trying to teach math for an hour, these kids are like bouncing off the walls, right? They're like, we need to stop. Like they're, you're starting to see behavioral issues in public school when you have these longer lessons. And so Charlotte Mason really talks about short, concise lessons in lots of subjects, laying the feast for them. They're getting art, they're getting history, they're getting music study, they're getting composer studies. Um, my kids do violin, so they get a really large feast every day. Um, and some days are lighter days where it's like, it's a struggle today. We're having, a, we're just having a tough day. So we're gonna focus on reading, math, history, and you're gonna read to me. That That's gonna be kind of our, our core day. Like we're gonna make sure we don't skip out on anything else. Maybe science can wait till tomorrow. Nature study can wait till tomorrow. Nature journaling can wait till tomorrow. We're just gonna do this today to make sure that we hit all of our core subjects. Dude, but again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. I, I have good friends who are in homeschooling and I, I know they love it as well. But I, isn't there like a missing piece of structure? I mean, in real life, you know, when you leave the school world, you go from the structure of school to the structure of, of a job and work and whatnot. And here they've got this very fluid kind of schooling. And maybe that that structure is, is being taught and not only learning math and science and history, but you're also learning about structure, about mm -hmm. sitting there, learning it, doing this at a certain time. Things start at eight o'clock. You've got to be there at eight o'clock. Things start at one o'clock. You've got to be there at one o'clock. All of that is being taught subliminally when you're learning that construct, by taking that away, are they losing that? I think a lot of families have, you know, time structure where we start at nine or we start at eight and we go all the way through lunch. You get one, you know, break, you can go play outside for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Most families have that structure, um, especially as their kids get older, that structure is for sure there because a lot of the work they're taking on is independent. They're on their, I don't want to say on their own at this point, but when you're in high school, you're starting to do a lot of these things on your own. And additionally, here in California, um, high schoolers have the opportunity to take dual enrollment classes. And so when I say that, that means, you know, you are taking classes at a community college. And so you're taking your high school credit and you're getting college credit at the same time. You have to be very disciplined and have a very structured day to be able to take that on. Um, the beautiful thing is, though, a lot of these homeschool kids, they graduate quite a bit early um, because they're taking those dual enrollment classes. And so they're graduating high school and finishing with their almost, I would say, a good portion of their general ed complete because they've been taking these dual enrollment classes since freshman year. What about the cost? Uh, do, is there a cost from your end or does the, the state cover it because they're normally paying for the kids education in a public school how does that all work so that's a combination dependent on the family so there is um what here in california there's two options you can either um do it privately and file an affidavit with the state 
where essentially all the costs and fees are, are put on the family. Um, many people do that here in California because they maybe don't want as much um, being told to them as how they need to do it, when they need to do it, X, Y, Z. Um, however, there's a large portion of people here in California that have a charter program, um, which is very unique to California. Most states are private. Most states don't have the charter option. There's only a few that do, California being one and Idaho that I know off the top of my head, that's another. With that, your charter helps you with making sure you're meeting your state standards. So they meet with you every learning period. You have a teacher assigned to you who is an accredited teacher. So they're going over your work. You submit your work to them. Um, and then you, they also deal with the attendance side for you. You do testing through them as well. So all kids in the charter program will do testing three times a year. So they get a really accurate read as where children are at. And typically um, homeschool students are about 20 to 30% or percentile, excuse me, over public school. They test stronger um, than public school kids. And many of them test better on SAT, ACTs as well. So the charter is really nice because it gives you kind of that guidance, especially for maybe a new homeschooler. Um, I myself am with the charter and my kids receive charter funding. So we get about um, $2,500 a year to be able to go towards curriculum. Um, and we get to pick that curriculum. So it's a really, it's really beautiful. Obviously it can't be religious um, if you're going through a charter. If you're, if you are with a charter, you can do religious curriculum, but you have to purchase that on your own. So you can do that. Um, those that are with private, they can choose either or. Stephanie, how many students uh, or children are in a homeschool program across the United States today? Right now, the latest update that I just saw was 3.72 million. So almost 4 million students across the country. And from just data that we have here in California this year, and this was, this was as of 2021, so last year. Um, this year though in California, we've seen 110,000 new families move to homeschooling. So we, we see the growth is exploding. Um, and we anticipate, you know, especially here in California, to see more of that. What's happening that, that it's growing at such a powerful rate? I think parents have kind of realized some of the education that's being taught aren't in line with maybe what they believe or um, what they're okay with. And so they're choosing to take their kids, you know, out of the public school system to make sure that they're not getting that essentially I think that's one of the biggest reasons um, I think the last two years has opened parents eyes into what's being taught maybe parents weren't as aware before because kids are going you know going to school well the last two years they've been having zoom calls so they're hearing this stuff and parents mm -hmm. are you know concerned and I would say that across the board from from political stances, whether either side that you're on, there are people concerned about what's being taught in public school. Okay, um, do you know any like major personalities, uh, you know, that are, you know, that were homeschooled that none of us know about? 
Yeah. Okay. So I have a big list. So I'll share just a few from kind of like older days, right? So we've got John Adams, um, Thomas Jefferson, uh, C.S. Lewis, the great writer, uh, Charles Dickens, the great writer, Robert Frost, the poet, um, new age people. So we've got Whoopi Goldberg, Taylor Swift, Margaret Mead. She's a education um, leader. Um, the wonderful Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman to the Supreme Court. Um, Venus and Serena Williams, Condoleezza Rice, um, Ryan Gosling, Kurt Cameron, Justin Bieber, um, Justin Timberlake. So a lot of people that we wouldn't think were homeschooled were homeschooled. And there's a really great movie coming out um, that I would encourage everybody to check out, even if maybe they're not interested in homeschooling, but they want to learn more about, you know, what it's all about. Um, Kurt Cameron homeschools his children and he has created a movie called The Homeschool Awakening and that's coming out um, in June. Okay, we will definitely see that. And yeah. one question I wanted to ask, which was really about the, the responsibilities on the parents. I mean, mm -hmm. typical public school education, your responsibility is to get them to school and then to you know have cookies and stuff ready for them when they come home. With this, you, you're involved with every step of it. And for some parents who have two jobs, and you know, this may not be possible. So you must be a parent who is working out of your home or has the time or what happens to the parent who the parents are, you know, a single parent or two parents who both have a job. How do they navigate this? I mean, the beauty about homeschool is you make it work when you have the time, right? I know personally families, both parents work, they homeschool in the evening. That's just how they make it work. Um, or they homeschool on the weekends. And so you really have that flexibility to make it work for your family. You know, there's a lot of people that are first responders, police officers, firefighters, things like that, that are homeschooling their kids because they don't get to see their kids as much when they're in a public school. And so this gives them the opportunity to have much more family time and they can be involved with their, with their education. Stephanie, what do the students do during the day if they're being homeschooled at night, where who's taking care of them? What are they doing? Well, I would say if they're in like a, a younger demographic, right? They're probably needing a babysitter, a nanny, somebody like that. Maybe grandma and grandpa help with some of the schooling, um, but they can't take it all on. So it kind of depends on the family. But yeah, that's a great question because I do think the younger ages, people are like, well, how do I make that happen? How do I, who watches my kids? A lot of the times it's family or you have a lot of people may have a nanny. Well, certainly Lois and I both didn't reach our potential and maybe it's because we both went to a public education. So who knows? Well, who, well this is an, yeah, Steve, that's a, it's amazing that you're saying that because I wanted to ask the question, but I couldn't remember it because I was publicly schooled and I did not do well. So you made me think about it. Steffi and I had a discussion and I told her that I was like one of the worst students known to mankind because I would sit down and then tune out. I could care less with that teacher who most of the time I didn't respect uh, was talking about. So I went into fantasy land and that's what I did. And I had a brother who taught me how to answer essay questions. So I passed, but I did not get, I did not have any benefit when a teacher was terrific and I mean engaging, that's what I mean. I was like the A student, I was, but that was very rare. So yeah. um, so Stephanie, I don't know, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but definitely from having a longer conversation with her, 
I really felt if I was homeschooled and I had somebody paying attention to me and doing that uh, big vision thing that I told you about, I think the other day about, don't bring me right to the textbook. Let's talk about the topic first. Give me an orientation, engage me. I probably would have done very well. And now I suffer because I wasn't homeschooled. And, you, and and poor Lois, she's just she's been it's been a horrible life for her, the poor thing, and and has been nearly homeless most of her time. So <laughs> only she had been homeschooled. So Stephanie, I want before we go, I want you to explain to uh, a lot of parents that are listening to this, or parents to be, how do how what are the steps? How, where do they go to find out about homeschooling? I think the first step for families should be. Um, hslda.org, which is Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And you click on your state and they tell you the options of homeschooling in your state. So you'll know right away once you click on your state, can I do it privately? Is there a charter option? And the next steps to doing that. Great. Well, yeah, go ahead, Steve. No, it's a great information. We will definitely put that information in the uh, the blurb, blurb, yeah. the blurb underneath this uh, podcast. And uh, we really appreciate it. It gives an insight. So many of us who only know people who've gone to public school and aren't friends with Ryan Gosling, which is a real shame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are familiar with it. So, so, for the rest, so for those of us, this is, this is really enlightening. And Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, Lois, do you agree? Are we set to go? Oh, I could speak to her forever, but you know, we all, our, our listeners only have an attention span of 20 minutes. Because they went to a public school most of them, they really have, you know, their, their brains are cooked at this point. So this is the most we can do for them. Uh, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate uh, getting your side of the world in, into our little world over here. Uh, once again, I'm Steve Greenberg with... Lois Whitman Hess. And we have been lying on the beach. So long. Thanks, guys.